0: We've been looking together, haven't we, about how we hear the voice of God from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Hands up if you heard God speaking to you this last week. Put your hands up. Okay. I was going to ask you what he said, but okay. Hearing the voice of God is kind of like this picture. It's us walking hand in hand with the Heavenly Father. And there are certain characteristics that we need to understand if we're going to hear the voice of God. We know that God loves to speak to His children, right? He says it throughout the Scriptures, and we've looked at that. You know, my sheep hear my voice. God God is a chatterbox, right? He loves to talk. He loves to share. He loves to speak to his children. He loves it when we can listen to him. And he's talking all the time. And the problem is not that God has stopped talking, it's that we're not listening. And so we're looking together at how we, how we listen. And I want to talk about one kind of vital ingredient today. Anybody ever baked anything when you forgot To add the vital ingredient, remember we put some bread on once in the bread maker, went out to the theater in London, halfway through the theater presentation, thinking we're going to come home. You know there's nothing nicer, is there, when you come home to a house smelling of fresh bread. And then this thought went into my head, did I put any water in? I can't remember if I put the water in. And I came back, and I realized the error of my ways. It was not a nice and beautiful loaf of bread. It was a rock at the bottom of the bread maker that was completely used to humanity. And it didn't smell nice either. There are certain ingredients that we need to put in our lives that enable us to hear the voice of God. We're going to talk about one of them today. Let me read to you from God's word and see if you can guess what I'm going to talk about. John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Acts five twenty nine says, But Peter and the apostles answer, We must obey God rather than men. One John five four says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome isaiah 119 says if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land 1 john 3 and 24 say and whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what he pleases and whoever keeps his commandments abides in god and god in him and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us 1 Samuel 15:22 says and Samuel said has the lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than that of the fat of rams 2 Chronicles 31:21 says and every work that he undertook in the service of the house of god and in accordance with the law and the commandments seeking his god he did with all his heart And prospered. 2 Corinthians 10:5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 2 Kings 18, verse 6 says, For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. Acts 532 says, "And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Deuteronomy 6:18 says, "And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers." Ecclesiastes 12:13 says, "The end of the matter." All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Exodus 19, verse 5 says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine. Exodus 23 verse 22 says, But if you carefully obey the voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Genesis 49 verse 10 said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until the tribute comes to him. And to him... Shall be the obedience of the peoples. Hebrews five verse eight says, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. James 1, 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Jeremiah verse uh, chapter seven verse twenty three. But this command I gave them, obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. And walk in the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 14, 31 says, But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. John 15, verse 10, If you keep my commands... You will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. John 15, verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command you. Joshua 22, verse 2 said, And he said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you and have obeyed my voice in all that I have commanded you. And verse 5, he said, Only be very careful to observe the commandments of the law that Moses, servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and to walk all His ways and to keep His commands and to cling to Him and serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. Joshua 5, 6 says, For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that He would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us. A land flowing with milk and honey. Luke eleven, verse twenty eight says, But he said to them, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Luke six, forty six, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Matthew seven, twenty one, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Psalm 112, verse 1, Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Psalm 119, verse 112, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Psalm 143, verse 10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Romans 6:16, 6, "Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one to whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness." Luke 22 verse 42, "Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done." You get the gist? What a mess. What's he saying? Obedience. The word obey occurs 170 times. You can be thankful I didn't give you the more. it be a long morning. 170 times from Genesis through to Revelation. I just gave you a few. But it's God... He keeps talking about it because it is vital. It is essential in our journey with him. Obedience is a massive, massive deal to God and therefore to us. If you want to hear the voice of God, you have to be obedient to him. No ifs, no buts, no choice it's what he says over and over and over again. We've been looking at some of the ways God speaks to us. He doesn't just speak in one way. He speaks in so many different ways. And we said that these are some of the ways that he speaks to us. And, and we said that if we want to hear his voice, we not only need to recognize that he speaks in many ways, but we need to position ourselves to be where he is. We need to listen because we're right next to him, which means we need relationship. Nicodemus came to him and Jesus said, you know what? If you really want to understand, if you really want to hear the voice of God, you've got to be born again. And he goes, how does that work? You can't be born again. You can't can't physically be born again. And he's like, you're supposed to be a spiritual leader and you don't understand anything spiritual. You've got to be born, yes, of the flesh, but born also of the spirit. Otherwise, you won't hear. You've got to be born again, he said. And then you need to be still. You've got to... You've got to get into positions where you can hear. And last time in our all-age service, we said, you know, we need to come and hear God's voice from Scripture with that eagerness. And we need to position ourselves in a, sense in a place where we can hear above all the noises and all the different voices that are going on in life. And we ask when we read the Scriptures, which is one of the main ways that God speaks to us, ask the Holy Spirit, the author of God's Word, to speak into our lives. Do you remember last week I said, how many times a week do you need to read the Scriptures for it to make an impact? Four. So if the only time you ever read the Scripture is when I read it to you on a Sunday, it's going to have zero impact. You're not going to hear the voice of God, are you? Because if He speaks through His Word as He does, if you're reading it every day, you've got way more chance to listen to it and hear it. Imagine if, if in my relationship with my wife, Inika, if the only time we ever spoke was one hour on a Sunday morning. What kind of relationship would you have? Don't say happy either, right? Like, no. No, you, you wouldn't grow, would you? We'd be like still dating. We wouldn't even really know each other. And the pressure that you'd put on that hour would be like intense, wouldn't it? No, you chat all the time, you listen all the time, you talk all the time. And morning, afternoon, and evening, we're just constantly. And it's the same with God. Obedience is a massive deal to God. We're going to look at what it really means. But first, let's read again from 1 Samuel 3. Let's remind ourselves of the story of Samuel that we've been basing this whole series on. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. When it says his eyes were so weak, he's talking spiritually as well as physically, right? That He just said, there's not, not many visions. His spiritual eyes are weak as well as his physical eyes. The lamp of, the God, of God had not yet gone out, And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark was, ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. Stop waking me up in the middle of the night. I'm ad-libbing now. Now Samuel did not na- yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He didn't recognize God's verse, voice. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Lord, speak, Lord, For your servant is listening so Samuel went and lay down in his place and when the when the voice came what did Samuel say watch carefully the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times Samuel Samuel then Samuel said speak for your servant is listening what did he not say Lord Eli said, say, speak, Lord, because Eli knew the voice. But Samuel just said, speak, your servant is listening, because he wasn't yet Samuel's Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. And at that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end, for I told him that I would judge his family forever forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it that he said to you, Eli asked, Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, Here's the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Amen. Thanks be to God. What a reading, eh? What a reading. Obedience is a big deal. To God, And there are two aspects that I want to look at of obedience today. The first one is this. I want everybody to stand up. Not because I want you to be obedient to me. Stand up and turn around. When you turn around, actually before you turn around, I want you to look out the door, right? If somebody tools, not yet, not yet, not yet. And when you look out the door, out the window, I want you to tell the person right next to you, What's the first thing that comes into your mind when you look out that window? Ready? After three. One, two, three, go. Tell the person next to you. Okay, you done that? Please sit down. Thank you for being so obedient. Let me ask you a question. What did I put on the screen while you were looking out the door? You have no idea, do you? Why not? You weren't looking. See, I don't really care what you were saying out there. I just wanted you to look that way. While I put something up on the screen so that you couldn't see it. And that's number one. The first thing about obedience. The first thing about obedience is, that's what I put up on the screen, just so you know. The first thing you have to know about obedience is about alignment. Hang on, I'm going the wrong way here. Alignment. Alignment. The Bible says, God says to you and me, follow me. Follow me. Which means that God is in control, God is leading, God is the one that we are to follow. But so many of us lead our lives where we say, God, you follow me. So often we do that, all of us. We say, Lord, I'm going over this way. Please go and bless it. Lord, I want to do this. Please come and bless this. Lord, I'm, I'm going to go here. Uh, I want you to make sure that works out okay for me. Lord, I'm going to take this job because this is a new promotion, and, and, Lord, I just want you to bless that. Lord, I'm, I'm just going to go where I want to go, and I want you to follow me, and I want you to do your stuff where I am. But the Bible says for us to do what? Follow him. Follow me, he says. It's like, you know, a granddaughter. Granddad, come, come, come. Right, I, I don't have no choice. Do you know what she does if I go, no? She goes, wah, right, and starts l- flopping on the floor, making a big scene, because she knows that she'll embarrass me into following her. You know, took her to the park. You know, Granddad, come on the slide. No, I don't want to go on the slide. I want to sit here on the bench, check, check the football scores. No. Go, go, right? Otherwise, meh, hey, no. Granted, it's time to go. No, I don't want to go. Meh, hey, right? You have to follow her because she's in control. She's two. She knows it, right? Her parents have to weed her off of that later in life. But we, the problem is we learn that early and we come to God in the same attitude. So often all of us do. Where we say, God, you follow me, you bless me, Lord, you, I'll, I'll go some away, but I want you to come into my life and do what I want you to do in the way I want you to do it. When I want to pray my kind of prayer, Lord, I want you to answer that in the affirmative because that's what I want. Instead of going, Lord, I am following you. Who's the leader here, do you think? Kids not two, Right? It's the dad, right? The dad, let's go for a walk. And so you lead. And the problem is, you see, if we are in control, then we are doing what you were doing, looking out a window. We're going where, where we want to go. What, what we're thinking of doing, instead of looking in the direction that God is calling us to look. We get sidetracked so easily. John's Gospel John chapter 10, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and what does he do? He leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep... Follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. God needs to be fully and solely in control of every aspect of your life. If you want to hear his voice. Think about Samuel. Samuel ministered in the house of the Lord under Eli. Eli taught him, so he's like his own son, what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what he was supposed to do. He was there, he was, his job was to look after the lantern, right? In, in the Old Testament it says like the, in the court, in the, in the inner sanctuary there was a light that was to be kept alight all night long. And so Samuel's job was to lay there next to the light, pour oil onto it if it started to go out. Make sure it stays alight from from dusk until dawn. And then it says later on that his next job was in the morning to open the doors of the sanctuary to let the people come in again. He was the doorkeeper. He had the keys. He opened it in the morning and let people come to worship and so on. That was his job. So he learned what to do in God's presence. He learned how to be obedient to what God had asked them to do. And Samuel learned that obedience in his life. Let me ask you today how aligned are you to God? You know how you get aligned? His word. You read his word. That's why if you're only reading it once a week, you're not going to be aligned to God. It's just not going to happen. If all you do is come here on a Sunday and, and listen to me, you're not really going to get aligned to God's word. You need to be reading it and seeking to understand it. As we said last time, you need to read it and say, Lord, I'm reading it with an attitude that says, Lord, I'm going to read this, but read it and show me how, I'm going to, how you want me to align my life to what it says in your word, because your word is the truth, not not to look at the scriptures and get them to align to what I like to do, but to align my life to what you have told me you want me to do to be obedient to you. Now we need to understand the scriptures to do that. we need to ponder the scriptures and make sure and look at it in its totality and so on, but But the Scriptures are there for us to do that. And so as we read it over and over and over again, you know what happens? The more you read, that's why four times a week is so important, the more you read, the more the Spirit has access to align your life to what it says in the Word. He will show things in your life that are not correctly aligned to Him, where you're looking out the window and He's showing you something on the screen. And he says, I don't want you to look that way. I want you to look this way. I want, this is where I want your focus to be. He says, this is where I want you to align. This is how I want you to do it. Be obedient. We, we, we sing about the lordship of God, right? That means he rules over everything, over all the earth. You reign on high. Lord, reign in me. Lead me. Be in control. Be the one that's pulling the shots, that's that's telling me what to do. Do you know why we need to do that? Because prayer, when we pray, is not about us. It's about him. God has in heaven everything that you need, that he sets aside for you to do everything in your life, the abundance of what he wants you to do. And he sets it aside. Prayer is the means by which you call that down and make it a reality. What he doesn't do is set aside everything you want or I want. He sets aside everything that he has planned. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And I'm going to set aside everything that you need in your life to fulfill all those plans. He'll never tell you to do something where he hasn't set aside the equipment that you need to do it with. God does never sets you up for failure. So he says, I'm going to set it aside, but prayer is the mechanism by where you pull that down and make it a reality in the world around us. So when, when somebody comes, when you pray for someone, first thing you do is say, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? What's, what's your will in this? I'm following you. When, when you pray for, you know, the future, anything, Anything you do in your life, you, you pray. Over Christmas, I booked a holiday this year. Before I book it, I get on my knees and I say, Lord, where do you want me to book it? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to t- where, where are we supposed to go this year for our holiday? Because my holiday is not my holiday. It's his holiday. He knows where he wants us to go. He knows what he wants to say to us. He knows what he wants us to see. Maybe the people we're supposed to meet. He knows everything. So it's like, Lord, where do you want me to go on holiday this year? And then I wait. And then I wait until, until that voice tells me, this is where I want you to go this year. And I'm, okay, that's where we'll go. Didn't really agree with Watford, but there you go. It's, you know, I'm joking. You know, but that's what you do, right? Because if you're aligned and he's in the lead, he's in the lead over everything in your life every little detail over all the earth. Lord, reign in me. Reign in my heart. Why did the people of Israel not get into the promised land? Because they were disobedient. They said, yeah, Lord, yeah, we'll come to church on Sunday. Yeah, reign in me, reign in me, reign in me. But actually, when they lived their lives, it was Lord. No, we'll cry out to you when we need help. But apart from that, Forget it. Samuel ministered. That's the first thing. He was obedient in his lifestyle to what God had for him. But a second thing is this. He was obedient in discipleship. But he was also obedient when God spoke Now, when God spoke, he starts off by saying this to Samuel, doesn't he? See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Whoo, that's good. That's good. Come on, Lord. Bring it on. Bring it on. That's good. I'm all for that. Lord, you know, if God showed up here and said, David, I'm going to do something in Trinity that's going to make the whole of Harrow's ears start to tingle. I'll be, oh, bring it on, God. Bring it on that's awesome right everybody talking about trinity everybody kind of you know oh yeah this is what we want to hear but then he carries on and explains what the tingling is and it goes south really quickly doesn't it at that time i will carry out against eli this is the guy that's looking after you this is the guy that's your boss this is the guy that feeds you and gives you a place to sleep and everything else. I ain't gonna, everything I spoke against his family from the beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sins he knew about. His sons, who were priests as well, blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli that the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, God. Wait, 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 wait. That's not good news. You want me to tell my boss he's toast. His family is toast. Like the job that you gave him to do that you said would be a, for forever in his family because his, his two sons are abusing their positions, that you are now going to stop blessing him and he's toast. That's not good news and that's, I'm a boy. Like it. Just send an angel or someone else to do this. Don't get me to go up there and do that. You still want to hear the voice of God? Oh, no thanks. And Eli, um, Samuel in that moment is left. Samuel lay down until morning. I bet he didn't sleep. It didn't say Samuel then went back to a peaceful night's sleep, did it? It just said he laid down there and I bet his mind was going, What is this? I mean, he's not even my Lord yet, right? Eli said Lord, but no, I didn't. I'm honest. And then he carried on just doing what he's supposed to do. Let's open the doors. Maybe Eli will forget all about it. Maybe he just dropped off into a deep sleep. And that's the end of that. And he'll say, Oh, maybe I was dreaming last night. But no. Because he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. Maybe he's forgotten. What did he say to you? No, 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 no. This is bad. Bad, 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 bad. What did he say to you? And then this is a a phrase which is like, you better promise me on oath that you're going to tell me everything. Otherwise, you're going to be toast. Right, you've got to swear by God that what you're going to say to me is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you, God. Right? And he's like, no way. And in that moment, he's left with a choice, isn't he? What would you do? Would you do a Boris? Kind of give it a bit of a spin? Well, I think God's a little bit ticked off with you and your kids. You know, like mmm but you know God's merciful and maybe he'll give you one more chance. Yeah, you know, you never know, do you? Never know. He's your God after all. But you know He's your God after all happy. No. In that moment you're left with that choice, right? You're left with a choice about when you hear the voice of God, are you gonna be obedient or disobedient to the voice? You see, we all sit here and go, can I hear God's voice? But a question you need to ask yourself is if he shows up and he talks to you, are you going to be obedient? Do you really want to hear his voice? I mean, Samuel's life would have been a lot easier if he hadn't heard the voice in the first place, right? He could have just carried on ministering, doing his thing. Got to be in the temple. It's all good. But he's left with a choice. And you know what will happen when God shows up? He gives you that same choice. He says, are you going to be obedient to what I tell you to do? Bear in mind, you're following him and he's not following you. Are you going to be obedient regardless of what he says? See, one of the, yeah there we go so Samuel told him everything hiding nothing from him in that moment Samuel went for obedience because that's the kind of guy he was and God knew that he knew his heart he was so obedient he was so honest he had so much integrity that he didn't even call him Lord when he came he just said speak I'm listening." It was only later, after he met him, that he started to realize he was the Lord. He hid nothing from him, and then Eli in his grace said, well, he's the Lord. I guess he's got to do what he does. And the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. You see, the second thing about obedience is that God will test you. He will test you when he speaks to you. The question is, are you all in or not? You know, I love it when Peter's in the boat, right? Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. And then Jesus goes, come. And he's like, oh, what an idiot. Why did I say that? And again, in that moment, it's like Samuel over again. you got a choice. Yeah, <laughs> God, Jesus, I was joking, mate. <laughs> I mean, you could walk on water. We know that. We see that. But, you know, not me. He said, no, 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 come. And he's like, are you, if God speaks to you, going to be obedient to his voice? There's two things you need, you know. Obedience is a massive deal to God. The pages of scripture are full about obedience if you're not obedient he cuts you off if you're not obedient he says you're not one of mine sheep and the goats it's about following him with all of our lives Through the good, the difficult, the ugly, whatever it is, it's about following. Are you all in? Are you holding nothing back? Are you saying, Lord, I just want to hear your voice. You you speak, and I'll do what you tell me to do. Whatever it is. You know, we say that in the covenant every single year. Your will not mine be done in all things. And yet, is that really true? I love this picture. You know why he wants us to be obedient because obedience is where you will find abundant living God said Jesus said I've come that you might have life and have it with abundance that's God's plan for you his plan for each one of us is more than we can ever imagine as I said he has it all planned out He said, this is what abundant living will look like. This is what I want for you. I want every single prayer that you pray to be answered in the affirmative because you're praying my prayers, my will, in the name of Jesus. I want all your words to be fulfilled because none of your words will fall to the ground and be wasted. This, This is what I have in store for each of you. But to get there, you have to be obedient to him. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Are you willing? You know, I was thinking the other day, I don't send Christmas letters very often, probably once every 10 years or something when I actually get my act together. But you know, most of the Christmas letters, you know what they're all about? People's holidays, aren't they? we went here we went here we had this and then a little bit about family you know what God's Christmas letter should be about for you testimony after testimony after testimony about what he's done through you hey You're obedient, so I did this. Hey, you're obedient here to my voice, so I did this. You're obedient here, so there's this testimony and this testimony and this testimony about lives changed, that prayer's answered, things happening in your life. Because that's life in all its fullness. I think when we go to heaven, I don't know, but when we stand before God, I think he'll show us what could have been. You know that? I think we'll stand there and he'll say, David, this was the abundant life that I had laid out for you. If only you would have obeyed me, followed me, said yes when I said do this. These were all the things that you never called down into being because you never looked to me and asked for them. You would rather struggle on your own rather than use the resources I had set aside for you. These are all the things that could have been, all the blessings that I could have poured not just into you but through you, into so many other people if only you'd have said yes. That's why we'll be like everybody who stands before God. We just shut our mouths, fall on our face and go, i got nothing to say. Nothing. But God says, don't do that. Don't live like that. Instead, live in the abundance by following him and saying yes when he speaks. Firstly, be obedient. Align your life to everything God wants for you. Everything he said in the pages of Scripture align your life to it. Not my will, but yours be done. And then, secondly, when he speaks, because he will, say yes, even if it's tough, because out of that will come unbelievable blessing. Can you play? Sorry, just, uh, just something quiet. Thank you. Let's just close your eyes today. Father, as we just stop and pause, I know there are people here that you're calling back towards yourself. Lord, they've gone astray a little bit. They stopped listening to you and they started listening to themselves more. And you know when we do that, you know what he does? He just stops. When we decide, like that little kid, to walk off some way, he just stands there, I'll be here when you get back. I got all the time in the universe. You don't, I do. So he just waits. And some here today need to return round and go back. And God is saying to you, He says, as you eat the bread, as you drink the cup today, one, know that you're forgiven. Because we all make these detours where we go in charge instead of Him. But He says, just come back. My hand is here. The Father's hand is there waiting for you to grab hold of it again so he can lead you on the journey he prepared for you not the one that you are trying to travel down or trying to pull him along he won't go there and so if that's you today just say lord i'm sorry i'm sorry i've gone my own way Lord, I'm sorry that I'm making my own decisions instead of your decisions in in the small things and the big things in life. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm doing the things that you've told me to stop doing and I'm not doing the things that you're telling me to do. I'm sorry. And he's saying today, today is a reset day. This is the day where you go back and you grab hold of his hand again and you say, Lord, okay, now, let me, let me take you by the hand. Lord, lead me. Lead me where you want me to go. And maybe there's someone here that's never, never said, Lord, never come to that point. You, you've been in church your whole life, but you can be in the sanctuary your whole life, you can do the things in the the house of God. Your whole life, but if you never, if you never respond to Him, He goes. It's, it's, it's pointless. There'll be so many people that have been to church their whole lives that God says, "I don't know who you are," because there is no intimacy, there is no relationship, there is no obedience. There's no real fruit. There's busyness. But he says, I I cut off every branch that doesn't bear any fruit. It's the ones that are bearing fruit. However small, I'm going to prune them and help them to grow because they're journeying with me. If that's you, just say, Lord, let me leap into your arms today. I want to follow you. I did that when I was a teenager. Lord, if you're there, catch me. But I'm not going to mess around any longer. I'm not going to just play church. That's pointless. If you're really there, take me by the hand and lead me. And break my stubbornness within me and make me obedient to you. Because I want life in all its fullness. And sometimes maybe some of you today, you're just going through and you, you're, you're following God and, and it's hard. Lord, that's why we're here, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another. Cast all your cares on him. Let him carry your load today. Because he is a loving heavenly Father. who wants to support and encourage and lift the load off of you so that fullness of life can flow into you. Give it to him today. Lord, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you. We lift ourselves, one another, to you today. Whether they're here or watching on live stream or later, we lift us, each one of us to you. Wherever we are, Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening.